0: In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. If you're one of our For the Sake of the Child podcast followers, you know that we've been recognizing military children throughout the month of April for Month of the Military Child. There's another unofficial national holiday called Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day, which is recognized on the fourth Thursday in April each year, and this year it's Thursday, April 25th. This annual event is an educational program in the United States and Canada where parents take their children to work with them for one day. So in this podcast, you will hear a father-daughter duo from our national training seminar last year. Our extraordinary military kid highlight this week is Kelsey, and that's who I'm going to start talking to first. She's going to talk about moving, friend, and offer some great advice to other teens. You will also hear from her dad, Lieutenant Colonel Eric Flake, MD, who's a developmental behavioral pediatrician who will share about building a village of hope for all military families with a child with special needs. Dr. Flake has had several different children join alongside him at NTS in years past so they can catch a glimpse of what their dad does. For our service members in the field, consider taking your children to work with you so that they can see what you're doing to protect the American way of life. Join us and listen in as I start talking with Kelsey. All right, I think I'll start by talking with you. First of all, thank you for being here. You're welcome. And so, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about your
1: story and how you're connected to the military. Well... For my entire life, I've been in the military. Mm-hmm. We've been moving about every three years. Mm-hmm. I've lived in Biloxi, Mississippi, um, Ramstein, Germany, and here in Washington. Well, not here in Washington, but in the other Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Thank you so much. What do you like most about being a military kid? Well, I love meeting new people and seeing new places. I've been, as I said, all over yeah Yeah. and what has been the most challenging aspect about living the military lifestyle well I feel like moving is kind of like a love-hate relationship you love going and seeing new places and meeting new friends but it's always sad leaving a place that you've loved yeah we've heard that
0: like pretty much most of the students we've interviewed that are military say that very same thing like that it's wonderful at the same time that challenges You know, it's also a challenge. So, we've definitely been hearing that. So, can you, is there anything that you wish other people knew about military kids in particular? Hmm.
1: Well, I feel like with being a military kid, we have grown independent, I guess, and that we put on a brave face, but even like the most confident person needs friends and that. If you ever see someone that's like just walking by themselves, like just go up and talk to them or even if you see someone that like looks like they're confident and looks like they're having a great time, they still might have some hurt inside that they're just trying to hide. We
0: know that military kids serve too, so we really appreciate your
1: service also.
0: So thank you so much, Kelsey. So now we'll switch gears a little bit. Okay. That was excellent. You were awesome. Good job! Thank you so much for allowing her to talk with us. By the way, you bet. I'm
2: proud of my my daughter. Yes. Who so, is an amazing young lady. And she just, sure is. Yes. Is developed incredibly well. Yeah. Despite my <laughs> my attempts at. Yeah. She, she's. I'm really proud of her.
0: Thank you so much. So let's switch gears a little bit to the professional side. Let's talk about supporting families with special needs. Can you talk to us a little bit about those families living overseas and some special considerations that we might have for military families living overseas?
2: So I think it's important to understand that there there's a process that's established called the Exceptional Family Member Program that is intended to ensure that a family, wherever they are in the world, have the the medical and the educational resources able to to meet the needs of that that family and child because uh, it's my opinion that the military understands that as the family is supported and ready then the service member is is ready to to defend our country and um, and about one in five or 20 percent of uh, families are enrolled in this program so you can imagine that if they all stayed in the united states then in some cases there wouldn't be uh, individuals that could go overseas. Uh, so we try to support to the best of our abilities uh, some of those children with special needs in an overseas environment. And Typically you, you can capture most of the special needs, but there are some with very complex needs that just need a, more stability and um, the medical resources that are only here available in the United States. Um, that being said, There are some conditions that are a little bit more challenging, uh, autism being one of them, that is difficult to support families overseas, especially when the children are young. Mm -hmm. As they get more training and um, and support and and their functioning level becomes much higher and they're able to be in a regular school setting and, and don't require a lot of medical visits, then even children with autism and their families can be supported overseas without difficulty.
0: Thank you so much for sharing about that. Can you talk a little bit about the impact of being a military child for those children with special needs?
2: So I, I just think there's a couple layers of complexity. It's challenging enough to be a child with special needs and overcome some of those, whether it's a learning disability or ADHD or um, just uh, just chronic medical problems. Uh, but then to put the layer of frequent moves Uh, on top of that where you establish your uh, village of care and then you have to separate from that uh, support services and reintegrate into a new location that can be very daunting and it can be tiring too after doing it for your fifth seventh tenth time Mm -hmm. and being in the because every uh, support system requires educational support, community support, medical support. And all of those systems are sometimes in a silo, and they don't communicate with another. So there's not just a one-stop handoff from one place to another. Mm -hmm. So that, and then I think coupled with uncertainty. A lot of times in the military, our families um, have a certain level of uncertainty. You don't know if you're moving six months from now, or you don't know if a deployment is um, imminent or you don't know what's gonna happen from one year to the next. And so it is challenging for some of these families to prepare for the future when you don't know what lies ahead.
0: Absolutely. So we talk about creating a connected, caring village of support. What might that look like for a family?
2: I'm really glad you asked that question. I I think for our our military families, we, we, we need to go above and beyond. Um, even what sometimes is considered standard of care. Um, we need to ensure that those warm handoffs happen from one village or one base to another. And uh, I think extra uh, support services, whether it's care coordination or um, uh, individuals that are able to uh, understand the systems, uh, and sometimes those are system navigators, are able to help these families uh, be connected. Uh, And that's the biggest challenge, is helping those families get connected, because that's different for uh, every family. But that connected village uh, does require the education system, the medical system, and the community system all working together and and with the common goal and and, uh, pursuit of supporting each individual special needs child In that area that that they're residing.
0: So let's talk about the strength of being sensitive on emotional intelligence.
2: So it's interesting as emotional intelligence becomes more into the forefront. Mm -hmm. In the past, all we've thought about was cognitive intelligence, but we found that people can be really, really intelligent, have IQs of 140, 150, But if their social intelligence or emotional intelligence isn't also maturing, then there there becomes significant friction and and difficulty, and just the stress of day to day uh, almost makes those individuals unable to function in the community in which we live. So um, I I do think added sensitivity towards emotional intelligence is important and, and an understanding that that's part of our children's upbringing it's not just focusing on just their their education. academic performance and yeah. their education mm-hmm. correct
0: excellent thank you so much thank you so much for coming and talking to us today is there anything else that you want to share that 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 we didn't touch upon
2: and oh. any shout outs to people i think
0: that's it
1: good yeah. well thank you both so much yeah just be nice to everyone, regardless of who they are or what they look like. And just, I feel like, just try to put them in your shoes, or try to put yourself in their shoes. There you go, that works. Excellent, yeah. And,
2: and I think military families and uh, have a lot to offer to our country. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, they, they do serve, and they, they appreciate hearing from other citizens and members of our community Thank you for your service. That makes a difference to each uh, service member, to each uh, spouse, to each child that is serving to defend our country. And I really feel strongly that the family readiness is directly related to the readiness of the service member, which is there to defend our country. And those things are intricately linked. And, and it's it comes as a package, and, and we need to address the issues and to support the family in the same way that um, we're supporting our service member and I really appreciate Military Child Education Coalition for doing that and highlighting the, the value of, of the military child
0: thank you and thank you for saying that I always appreciate that as a spouse I'm sure you appreciate that as a it's, military child also
2: well for me it's if, if my family's not cared for right then I, I don't know what I would do, right. going in deployments. And, but the fact that I know my family as well, mm-hmm. it helps me be okay with that uncertainty, yep. um, that, that future. If I have a move coming up, uh, if I have uh, additional leadership or command that I need to take, then I have no problem taking on those additional roles, and I'm better prepared to serve our country knowing that my family is being supported. So thanks, Tara.
0: Thank you. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.